0: Good morning. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown show. Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Yay. Benny. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Bless you.
1: Wow. Great timing up. on that one. Sorry ah. about that. That's no, no, no. That's so good. I
0: couldn't hold it back. You know, You're not know, supposed to hold
1: Sneeze's back anyways. That's what I heard. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there's something about like eyes might pop out of your socket. I need, <laughs> I need those for today's show or something. To you that, know, to um, that effect.
0: sometimes there's weird little <laughs> synchronicities. You know, on the way oh, here, me. I found myself sneezing, a couple of sneezes. So I'm glad to know. Don't hold those babies back. Just no, that's what I'm that's I right. apologize. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful morning. Oh, my goodness, we're getting close to the end of April. How did that happen? And uh,
1: Well, like, how it works, <laughs> the planets are moving <laughs> in this particular Thank form you. around the sun. Hey, around the sun. there's a calendar. There's that's a calendar. a calendar
0: uh, laymen's call it. <laughs> and a clock. Yeah. Mm. Maybe we could change that reality.
1: Gosh, that'd be great.
0: Yeah, it would be great. Anyway, I am Loretta Brown. I have a wonderful guest today. Please hang on. We'll do a little bit of check-in, and then I'm going to bring him on. Like
1: superstar.
0: Super, that's right. Superstar. Super, that's right. And I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area. We've been around going on 24 years, doing all kinds of things over there. So you can check, check all that out at ReikiOasis.com. You can schedule everything at schedule.ReikiOasis.com. Thank you, Indigo Hawk, my amazing webmaster who knows things about technology that I haven't even thought of. That's how it works. Temple of the Divine Feminine for the Women is coming up this coming Saturday, April 27th. This class goes from 1230 to 430, and it is amazing. I have a, a lovely group of women in there, and we're studying all kinds of things about the feminine and the masculine because that's how they work. This coming Sunday, I'm doing a crystal bowl healing concert with the beings of light that help me at Bala Yoga da in Sammamish this time. So for those of you that have felt that Kirkland was just too far to go to, I will be at Sammamish. And once again, that's this Sunday, April 28th, 6.30 p.m. Get your tickets through Bala Yoga Sammamish. And uh, also show up at the door. You can get tickets at the door. It's going to be a great time wear your yoga clothes, bring your kiss crystals for cleaning and clearing, and, of course, bring yourself, bring your heart, Bring your openness and uh, be ready for some high vibrational frequency and a a really, really great time as a group. A little announcement. Uh, We are going to Egypt October 2nd through the 16th, and every year I take a group. This is when it's going to happen, October 2 through 16. I only take a a total, a total max of 14 people. So do send your... uh, Request to me for information, send it to oasis at gmail.com. I'll get that information out to you. Thank you. A big thank you to my Patreons who help make this show happen. We are a listener-supported show, and if you want to keep great shows on the air like this, go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show and become part of that inner circle, as they say. Quickest little astrology check-in today, because Tuesday... April 23rd, Venus moved conjunct Chiron. Venus is the planet of love, relationships, and personal values, and Chiron is the key to the Zodiac. And when Chiron, the wounded healer, makes an aspect to another planet, it unlocks its secrets. It reveals something that was hidden, possibly overlooked, possibly misunderstood, possibly You've been hanging on to it, and you just don't need to do that anymore. So with Chiron this week, the first thing that happens is we become aware of what hurts, and it comes to the surface so we can see, feel, hear, know it. And then Chiron helps us heal the wound, and often the, the natural healing process can be that there's a certain purging or a healing crisis that takes place. And then, of course, Chiron helps you transform the wound into a gift. Remember that you are what I what I always say is you're greater than the stars. But we like to take a look at the energies that are out there. If you have been wounded, this is the wound, the healing of the wound of the heart. There is no unquote quote unquote magic pill to heal the heart. Chiron is not going to bring past lovers back to you, but Chiron can help you unlock your heart. Show you how to love again, and help you actually empty that out. Find the silver lining of the events. Maybe just take a look and say, "Well, there's that little scar right there, and you can touch that scar and remember what happened." But you know, just because you got a broken heart or something happened to you, doesn't mean you have to keep living that way. And as weird as it is, I've always wondered why does the heart have to break? Why is it got to break open, Benny? It's hurtful. It hurts. Right,
1: it he, does, it
0: does, it so does. I <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, I didn't mean to bring my stuff in here like that. No, it's
0: okay. I was <laughs> I'm trying to get myself into an exercise program, and my personal coach was saying, Look, you got to break those muscles down to build them up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we have that temporary, you know, emotional feeling, and we're creatures, you know, yeah. it happens not just to humans, to all mammals, of course, yeah, and, and animals, yeah. too, of all likes. Yeah, so yeah.
0: yeah. So if you can relate to that, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure you all can, you know, you can finally heal the heart. You can let it go. This might be a good time to, I don't know if you can actually always forgive the betrayal and the hurt, but you can choose to let it go. You can choose to feel less fear and you can feel more love. And the less fear you feel, the more you can be at ease with the world and fulfill your human potential. And as my guest today is going to tell you, (laughs) you not only can be free, but you are free, you are free, you are free. Welcome to the show, Paul Selleck. Paul is a, a writer, an empath, and a direct channel. He receives clairaudient dictation from unseen intellects called The Guides. Paul's previous trilogy of channeled wisdom, I Am the Word, The Book of Love and Creation and The Book of Knowing and Worth won a large following around the world for its depth, intimacy, and psychological insight. The first two books of his new Master Trilogy, The Book of Mastery and The Book of Truth, are also very popular, and now Paul continues the teachings of mastery with the third volume in this series, The Book of Freedom, which shows readers how to find full expression as the divine self through surrender and acquiescence to the true nature of their being. And Paul, it's so wonderful to have you on the program.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: And if I understand correctly, you know, they the uh, the your your bio talks about two groups of trilogies, but this is actually like the sixth book in a in a sequence, isn't it?
2: It is. Yeah, it's the sixth book in a sequence. The the teachings seem to build one upon the next. Um, and, you know, the Book of Freedom was really, in, in essence, the doorway to, to the work that they're now doing, which is mm. a new series that they're calling Beyond the Known. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's part of a larger teaching.
0: A doorway. Um, you know, in your um, intro to this book that we're talking about, the Book of Freedom, you say something toward the end of your intro, you know, because you talk personally about yourself at the beginning, which is uh, very sweet, by the way, to me, right? And you say, I'm going to read this from the book. Is that all right if I do that? Yeah. Okay, and you write, The promise of this book, the sixth in a sequence of teachings on the evolution of consciousness and the realization of the divine in form, was made in the very first dictated text, I am the word, that was delivered through me, that's Paul, over the course of two and a half weeks in 2009. The Christ in man is an event that happens. They say it has happened, is happening, and we are welcome to it. The door is open. I hope to see you all on the other side of what we have known, so what we all may know and experience and discover on the other side of the threshold. And thank you, and so forth. Um, I read that, and for some reason, you know, of course, the, the books and everything that you that comes through you, Paul, um, just kind of shakes me at my core, vibrates me, you know, mm-hmm. brings things up. And the idea that perhaps the door has not been open, mm-hmm. but the door is open now, is that could you comment on that? Yeah. Oh,
2: I mean i I understand yeah. their metaphors primarily through the teachings and what they're saying. Um, And what the Book of Freedom is speaking to is moving beyond what they call a collective strata or octave of agreement that we have all been in, which implies, by the collective, an agreement to separation, separation from the one beside it, Decide us, separation from our source. And the doorway, as I understand it in the Book of Freedom, really is to a higher octave, a higher way of being, where we're not operating in separation in the same way. Now, has that door been closed thus far? It's an interesting question. I, I don't think so. I think it's always been there. I think we mm-hmm. haven't necessarily known how to access it. Mm -hmm. which is different. You know, the attunements the guides work with, which is, you know, the energy you mentioned when you talked about, you know, feeling the books. The attunements themselves, the guides say, are simply aligning us to energy that's always been there. They say we're radios and we're always in broadcast, and in some ways we've been precluded from playing the higher stations, and some of this has to do with our own collective agreement and the inherited ideas of what we're allowed and how far a human being can actually go in his or her agreement or alignment to her true divine nature. So that's how I can say it simply, personally, for me. I was told in a reading, I mean, sometimes somebody will ask my guides questions for me, yeah, um, yeah. You know, because it's hard for me to hear from myself unless I have an active listener uh, because I'm not retaining the information. And I was told that my job was to hold the door open for others, and that really bugged me a bit. <laughs> and what I, and even the person I was speaking to, you know, channeling for, said, so, well, that doesn't sound fair. But now I seem to understand that the books, in the first six books, in fact, are the doorway. And that was my job. And what they're teaching now is what exists beyond the doorway. Uh Um, All of the other books, I think, have been in preparation for where they're now taking us, which is
0: challenging stuff. Wow. Um, I really am hearing you. Yeah. Being the door holder and other people go in and you don't. So this the, I, I just, it kind of hit me. So, this comment you have in your book, the door is open. I hope to see you all on the other side. And mainly you're going through the door too, then. Is that? That's what they've
2: said. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they've said. I get to come. Yay. You know, and um, yay. <laughs> but I have to say, I don't find it to be the most graceful process. You know, it really is what yeah. I understand, what they're really teaching now. It's, releasing the ideas of who we have been and the attachments to those things
0: yeah
2: um, anything that really is obscuring our expression as the true self seems to be what's on the table on the other side of the doorway and you know while it sounds I think theoretically wonderful well I get to be my divine self and we always are the divine self that is our true nature I think the expression of it, which comes at the cost of the known mm-hmm. and the cost of you know the personality selfs perhaps agenda for how things should be. That's not always that easy. You know I find it interesting in the very first book, and you quoted it, you know they said that Christ in, in humanity is an event that happens. And I thought when I was dictating that book, when it was coming through, taking the dictation, that that meant you know we get to be a little more spiritual, a little nicer, a little happier, float around a bit you know Mm -hmm. and that's not what they're speaking about they're speaking really about embodiment and alchemy and um I I don't think that those things are necessarily comfortable you know but I think that it's a fascinating process to be in that much I can say
0: yeah I, I agree with you I don't think it's comfortable at all I had a lot of you know thoughts flitting through my head while you were talking there I mean you know we can always use that analogy of the caterpillar becoming the butterfly yeah, yeah. but yeah what happens in that cocoon right yeah yeah it's, and
2: it's 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 a kind of well it is a rebirth you know but it's also a release of an identity you know in a way of being in the world in a way of knowing the self and you know what the guys are teaching and this seems to be what exists beyond that doorway, is really the the premise that as you align as the divine self by nature of your presence, you're really lifting what you encounter to a higher expression, you know, through, like, their their word is co-resonance. I've heard the word by others, entrainment, you know, which is Mm -hmm. sort of like resonance. Um, and that that seems to be what happens as a result of this. This isn't work that is necessarily done for the the comfort of the self as much as the realization of the self, and that's done really and as an expression of the divine for for all that we encounter. So it's not a selfish act. That's my understanding of it. Um, although the experience, as you say, I think is much like you described. It's like the the butterfly emerging from the chrysalis after having believed he or she was something other than that.
0: Well, and then there's this sense of when we're letting that go or, or you know, however you want to say that, like the, the caterpillar is now uh, being absorbed into whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, and people always say this, well, does the butterfly remember it was a caterpillar? Mm. You know, or does it matter? Does it... Care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're... I don't know. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I, I, That's an interesting thing. I don't know if they've addressed that. Yes, they do. I hear in response, yes, they do. Mm. But it's just frames of reference and nothing more. Uh-huh. So if I've known myself as fearful and I've been acting in my fear and I'm no longer doing that, I may retain the memory of, of what that was like, but I'm no longer aligned as that. So I'm no longer, you know, mm-hmm. operating with it. Yeah, you know, not informing my choices in the same way.
0: Yeah, not informing your choice. And you know the the book of freedom. You know, for the um, listening audience, mm-hmm. um, I can you. Uh, I don't even know how to ask this question because <laughs> they're all connected, right? Yeah. Um, all the books are connected, but what what is freedom? What are we free fr- from?
2: Well, the guides say, the guides speak to this idea of the true self, and in many ways, all of the books are about the realization of a true self, and, you know, the guides say that they teach in a one-room schoolhouse, so if somebody enters in with the Book of Freedom, and that's their first exposure to the guide's work, they'll be caught up, you know, they'll be met, they'll understand the teaching and be able to work with it, but the guides say that the true self is who we truly are, it exists beyond the mask of persona, it exists beyond the ways we're encouraged to self-identify through culture, um, through society, through the times that we're born into. Um, and they say that the true self is always free, because how could it not be? So the divine as you is free, and it's the small self by prescription and by its agreement to what it's been born into and the rules of the day and the rules of the culture um, that believes itself not to be. And finally, I suspect this is the teaching of freedom from separation, mm. freedom from separation from our own true nature, freedom from our sense of separation between us and, you know, our neighbors, whoever they may be, and, you know, freedom from our sense of separation to our source Mm -hmm. that we have to be an aspect of because the guides say, you know, God, or whatever you want to call God, is all things, including you, including the body, including everything you see. It's just expressing itself in different ways. The guides say there's only one note being played in the universe, which is source. It just expresses itself in in infinite possibilities and our remembrance of the divine in all things and our remembrance of the divine as who we truly are is what liberates us from the, the illusion of separation
0: the illusion of separation yeah i i was kind of tying that in a little bit with what you said earlier about that the doors have always been there but we're if we're not attuned to them, we're not aware of them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I guess so. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't know much about mysticism. You know, I'm yeah. not. I wasn't <laughs> trained. You know, in any religious context, I grew up sort of an atheist, and but I'm told by others that the guides are teaching mysticism. You mm. know, that that's sort of what what this falls into, and there have been mystical paths in every religion, I think, whether it be. Sufism or Kabbalah, I mean, there's, you know, there there, are these always been, you know, there's Gnosticism, there's all these things, but, you know, they're teaching it, I suspect, in a way that is applicable to our times, but also that comes through with an energy that for most people is palpable. Mm -hmm. People can have an experience of it, and I like that, because if you're having an experience of this stuff, you know, first of all, then nobody's deferring to me because I don't want that. I'm not interested in it. Um, but if people can have their own experience of the energy or the higher, the higher octave, for lack of a better word, that's the guide's terminology, they can own that in their own way and begin to claim their identity through it in a new way. And I think that that's productive, and the guides seem to want us to be in our knowing. And you don't come into your knowing by deferring to other people. You come into it by aligning to the innate knowing that is the divine self.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I want to talk to that just a, a, a minute about the palp- palpable energy, <laughs> the experience <Yeah. laughs> of, of reading the book, um, listening to you, being, you know, I came in, and saw you when you were in Seattle a couple of uh-huh. months ago, which was uh-huh. delightful and amazing, really wonderful. And it has a way of staying with you. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, there's this raising of frequency. I I don't know what to call it, but there's absolutely something happening. And um, you also had us do an exercise I'd like you to talk a little bit more about where we're facing a partner and we're saying things like, you know, you are free, you are free, you are free, I am free. You know, I, I, yeah. yeah. Can you talk about that and and what that's all about?
2: Well, the guides, those are the attunements, and the guides Mm -hmm. work with attunements through language, and they say the language is encoded with vibration. It's Mm -hmm. not a lot different than, say, plugging in certain numbers on a jukebox and a certain song plays, and these are in some ways the coordinates. And so when the guides teach an attunement, they're saying that they're teaching what is always true. So the claim, Mm. I am free, I am free, I am free, is always true at the level of the divine self. The personality self, you know, may be confounded by that. and say, Well, I'm not free. I'm in a bad marriage or a rough situation or, you know, in a body that's not working. How can I be free? And that I understand because I've been in all those places and, I still be there, but the claim I am free, I am free, as spoken by the true self, is always true. So it's an invocation in some ways. That's one way to say it. I suppose you could use the word incantation, you know, in its mm. truest sense, mm-hmm. which is again a claim. So the claim for the self, I am free, I am free, I am free, actually, many people, when they do this attunement in, in conjunction with the ones that precede it, will feel the lifting in the energetic field. When you say it for another, the same thing is true. So to claim to another, you are free, you are free, you are free, it's being claimed by the true self who knows that she is free to the true self and another who also knows that. And the energetic field that then seems to, to shift. At least that's the experience that all of us seem to be having. The different attunements seem to be felt in different ways, and the claim, I am free, I am free, I am free, is really the lifting beyond the collective agreements to fear and what should Mm -hmm. be and what outcomes we would have. I'm not saying at all that it's a quick fix, but it does seem to put this thing in motion. They say that the attunements are first sort of known in the energetic field, And then they have to be aligned, too. And the alignment of them is embodiment. So, you know, when you know you're free, you don't have to announce it. You know, it's simply (laughs) your expression. Mm -hmm. And all of the attunements, they say, work in a similar fashion. They say that the different attunements are like notes played on a piano. And when the notes are played together, it becomes a chord. When the chord is played, that's the resonance of the energetic field in a higher alignment. And that becomes your expression, which is it's quite interesting. And again, for most people, pretty palpable when it's encountered.
0: I, um, <laughs> I love the play on words there between a chord and a chord. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. And I love the piano. So anything with piano, just telling yeah. your guides, go. F- yeah, we're good okay. with that. We like uh-huh. that. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, we're going to take a station break in a minute. Before before we do that, I just want to make a comment about the the attunements and the energy because um, I also experienced as I'm saying, you know, to my partner, you know, y- you are free, you are free, I am free. Their energy coming back at me. Yeah, that, yeah,
2: yeah. The guys call that the echo. Ah, and, okay, um, that's the echo. It's mostly when you use the claim. I know what what I am, and I know what you are, what being. The expression of the divine in form. You're actually speaking to the body as an expression of the divine, and you know the guides say what you bless blesses you in return. And when people focus on that, on the what, the what will often respond with it. This feels like waves of energy. It's quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. But all of the um, attunements, you know, can be felt. I think by the one claiming them and by the one receiving. Them.
0: Yeah, I I. I just loved that, and I was very aware of the fact that the whole room was doing that, and that—that mm-hmm. that is one of the things that has really stayed with me, this, you know, yeah, what I send over there thy bless, and that comes back, mm-hmm. and what if we're all doing that? That's where I want to yeah. take our station break. So this is Loretta Brown, and my amazing guest today is Paul Selick And we're talking about the sixth book in his series and the third book in his trilogy, the master trilogy, the book of freedom. Don't go away. We're going to be right back.
1: Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. People join Walk MS to raise awareness and funds that change the world for everyone affected by multiple sclerosis. MS attacks the brain and spinal cord. It's the most common neurological disease leading to disability in young adults. Walk MS brings communities together, creating teams with friends, loved ones, and co-workers to rally around those we care about and end MS forever. Join us. Together we are stronger. Walk MS fundraising accelerates research breakthroughs and life-changing breakthroughs. It will take all of our passion, determination, and fundraising to end MS forever. Together, we can change the world for people with MS. Join us. Register today. Start a team and raise funds at walkms.org. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: It's always, Benny, the perfect song. Yeah. A
1: little thematic in a
0: way. Freedom, yeah. George Michael. <laughs> yes, I remember that song. Anyway, welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show. You can find out more about me at KKNW 1150 AM. And remember that all these shows are archived And you can download them, you can listen to them over and over, you can have them running in the background while you're cooking dinner, and just keep lifting yourself up higher and higher toward that freedom. Yeah, that's right. My guest today is the amazing, and I do mean this, and the wonderful Paul Selig, a man with a big heart and uh, obviously he's got a a lot of uh, clairaudient ability. And he's a writer, an empath, a direct channel. We're talking about his latest book, The Book of Freedom. And, of course, all the other books and and the teachings to come, because I I don't know how you really separate them out from each other. Um, You know, Paul, before the break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the attunements and the energy and the interaction between people, right? And um, I got a couple of questions maybe it maybe this is connected to it maybe not but you know I know you work with guides and um well let's just let's just talk about that for a minute and then I'll ask my bigger question can you talk a little bit about what does it mean to be a channel and I know a lot of people know your history about how you came into this but a lot of people don't so could you just kind of fill that in a little bit
2: well I mean I well, I'll give you a short version. I had studied a form of energy healing in my early 30s. Um, I had been on a little bit of a spiritual path. I had a bit of an awakening to the potential that there was more, and I followed it. And I, found I was volunteering at a center for people with life-challenging illness that had um, opened up in lower Manhattan. It was the height of the AIDS epidemic here. Mm. in New York, and I found that when I had my hands on people's bodies, I began to hear things for them, which was the beginning of the clear audience. I started a little group that met in my apartment, not to channel, um, but to do energy work, and I began channeling. The first time we convened, not as I do now, initially it was fragments, pieces of information, usually about attunements or bringing through energy that was palpable, and that was very exciting to me. And I continued the group on and off, mostly on for 18 years. Um, and I had another career as a college teacher during all of this time. Um, my The channeling that I do now, that people know, really began fully, I think it was about 2008, after I quit smoking cigarettes. Um, that seemed to open my system up enormously. Mm. And the guides began lecturing through me. They'd been speaking for inspired, you see. But I, I, to me, a channeled work is direct transmission. And you use the word direct to describe what I do. I've not heard that before. I used to say conscious channel, but direct is nice Mm. because that's what it feels like. I mean, my job is to sit down, close my eyes and I hear one phrase repeated with insistence. And the moment I give that one phrase um, speech, articulation everything else comes in right behind it and the guys will keep talking usually for 20 to 40 minutes often they're half an hour right in the dot which amazes me because my eyes are closed <laughs> um, and that that'll be a lecture and a chapter in a book may be comprised of I don't know six or seven lectures each about a half an hour each and they comprise a book um, when I do workshops and you've attended one it's the same process. The guides will lecture, but they'll also, in a workshop, teach the teaching. They'll, they'll, they'll offer a practicum to the lecture so that people can have the experience of what they're speaking to. And I think they're good teachers. I mean, I was a good mm-hmm. classroom teacher, you know, and I, I admire good teaching, and I think that they're better than me, you <laughs> know, in terms of, of how succinct they can be, more so than I can be, and they're teaching their subjects. I can speak about their subject, but I speak about it as the one who's present for the transmission, not as the one who owns the information as his own, because that's not really—at least where I'm at yet.
0: Mm. Perhaps one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That was um, that was very clear. I liked Good. it. Yeah. Inspira- inspired work versus channeled work. And then also people use, you know, like the word psychic. Mm-hmm. Or do you consider yourself a psychic, or is that a completely different?
2: I don't like, yeah, I am, but I don't like using the word, and I yeah. try to avoid it even though it's up on my site, and I don't know why I've left it there. What I do, which is the psychic work that I do, which is the practice that I have when I see clients, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of this in workshops as well, is I have this ability to step into other people and hear them or become them. So if you're having problems with your sister um, and you give me your sister's name, I can probably step into your sister. I might begin to resemble her, but I can hear either at a, at a level of personality or at a higher level what's happening that's causing the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, And often the problem can begin to shift as I'm doing the reading, because at a higher level, everybody's involved in the conversation. So that's my psychic work. I mean, it's clairsentience. I'm primarily working as a clairsentient and a clairaudient, and I get visual information, which is a clairvoyance, um, as backup. They'll show me things. But mostly I'm hearing and feeling. And, um, you know, the knowing, which is claircognizance, that the guide teaches present in what I do as well because you really can't read when you're guessing. You can only know, you know. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that is the psychic work. And if you just think of it this way, I'm like a switchboard, you know. (laughs) The call when I channel is from the guides and their teachers, but if I'm plugged into your sister and you and your dynamic, I may be going back and forth between the two of you. So I do a lot of readings about relationships. I can do, you know, precognitive work, which is, you know, fortune-telling, but I really don't like to you know i'm much more interested in the here and now and how people might be supported in moving through some of the obstacles that they've chosen to yeah. learn through
0: you know um i i've always had a little bit of a you know the word psychic like i wish we could come up with something better i know yeah. a lot of people say well i'm intuitive i'm an I know. In, yeah, yeah i'm a sensitive yeah yeah, yeah.
2: that it's, it's baggage
0: yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. But
2: I think we all have mm-hmm. capacity. We just, you know, we don't know that we can develop it. Right. Some people may have more innate capacity than others, but I do think that it's present in all of it. I mean, to be empathic is to be able to feel. And sometimes I question, you know, why, you know. I did a workshop last weekend at the Apollo Center, and it was an Easter weekend, and many of the people there, and there were many people when I, once I started hearing the personal questions were estranged from family. Okay. And there was a lot of pain, you know, that I stepped into and felt. And I understand sometimes that my ability to feel and understand what other people are going through is because I've had those experiences myself. And everything is, is usable in this way, but we have to become available to feel. You know, if we're ignoring feelings and we're denying who we are, you know, you create much more of a buffer to to the innate wisdom that may be there for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think you being so empathic and being an empath, I think, can be challenging with all the people that you deal with all the time. So yeah. I just kind of give you a little, I don't know.
2: It takes its toll on my, yeah. I, it seems to be on my nervous system. You know, I put on okay. weight, I... I, you know, I create buffers still, but, you know, it's an ability and it's a gift. It's a gift. And truthfully, when I'm working with it, I'm grateful for it. It's mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, sort of sitting in my apartment and I, I can feel somebody being pissed off at me and I don't know who it is, that I don't have a great time with it. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it's like anything else, one adapts. And, you know, I did, I've done, in the course of my life, just about anything one can do to suppress feelings. And, you know, now I pretty much don't. I just get to sit there, and some days it's a bit like a raw nerve. But most of the time it's not, and it's a very handy skill set because people really are able to be helped when they're understood at that level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting ability. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. Is that... Uh, would you consider that, you know, because I I work with a lot of people too, so I'm really relating to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Is that the most challenging part of what you do? Do you think, or no,
2: no, it's not okay. The most challenging part for me is that I'm doing it, and that this is my life now, mm-hmm. and it makes no sense to me some days. That this is, you know, I you know four years ago I was I had two full time academic jobs and I was doing this work somewhat quietly. Once the book started coming, it was less quiet. Um, But I'm challenged, I think, by the teachings themselves, and which defy logic to me in some ways. But when the guides are teaching it, it all makes sense. You know, I can't deny the wisdom. I am challenged personally by the application at times, um, because it means sort of not doing what I've been taught to do and responding in the ways that I've been trained in. So it's it's the teaching itself, I suppose, is what's challenging. And the fact that I'm still going, who the hell am I <laughs> to be doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's unlikely. It makes no sense. But I show up anyway, and that feels like it's my job. I show up anyway. My name goes on the cover of these books that I didn't write which is strange. So I don't have any real sense of achievement or accomplishment with the books. I'm Mm -hmm. pleased that they're in the world and that people are helping them. But when I was a playwright, I felt like, wow, I wrote a good play. Here I felt like I got through the dictation and it all made sense and what a relief, you know, because Mm -hmm. I never know what's going to come out of my mouth until they start speaking. And once I know that the dictation is for the book, I'm on high alert because the rule has been I don't get back to go back and edit or make changes. So if, you know, suddenly they were to say mid-chapter, and by the way, the moon really is made of green cheese, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I, they'd have to footnote it with my <laughs> argument, you know.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, so we'll see. So that's what's hard for me.
0: Yeah.
2: It's not, um, you know, I it's ordinary for me. I don't think of what I do as extraordinary, and I really don't think it makes me... I think that's a trap, but it's um, you know it's 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 an, it's an, it's a different way of being in the world than I assume that I would I would have.
0: Yeah. Well, and and you know I I'm listening to that. Yeah, the <laughs> to bring through these amazing teachings and then be challenged by them yourself. Uh, I can only imagine sometimes you're saying things and. Pre- sounds like this happens a lot to where you're like mm-hmm. oh wow okay this is what i'm saying now okay yeah. Yeah. right and in your book i actually kind of like it every once in a while um your guides will say this is for paul right yeah. or or you know paul's questioning this or something yeah, yeah. and it's very well, real I do, you mm-hmm. know
2: i do i mean i ha- it's like i'm sitting in the back seat of the car <laughs> giving the wheel over to the guides and once in a while i'll hear something and i'll lean right up to the front row and say explain that you know, that doesn't make sense. And for the most part, they do, yeah. you know. Sometimes they'll say, Paul has a question, we'll take it later, we're very happy with our teaching. And, mm-hmm. you know, the question normally will be answered, you know, in the course of the book. right? Um, but pretty much because they can't keep talking, if I'm going to keep interrupting, they'll take the question <laughs> and then try to get back on track. Or I mean, they always get back on track. I often forget what they've been talking about, but The books are strangely, strangely coherent for books that weren't written, that were spoken aloud and then, you know, transcribed by someone else.
0: I think um, they're excellent teachers, and I agree with you. The books are—I don't even know how to explain it. And and to the listeners, if you haven't gotten any of Paul's books, just go get them. Paul Selig, and we're talking about the Book of Freedom. Uh, You know, many, many groups of guides— give themselves some sort of a name right but your guides don't really do that or do they or they don't really care
2: the only i don't think they care they're called yeah. the guides because my ex when my ex found out that i could do this used to say ask the guides this ask the guides that mm, okay so they ended up with the name the guides and they've never objected to it and they may say the guy we the guides that work with paul but it's not a name that they arrived with They've said, and, it's the, you know, I mean, they've called themselves different things, teachers. I've heard Ascended Masters, it was in the first book, and I had a little bit of a reaction to that. Um, but the name that they come through when they say, if you wish to call us something, you may call us this, is the name Melchizedek, which is a priesthood. Oh, um, yeah. And they're teachers. So that's the name that they have used. But they also say, you know, we are who you become when you know who you are. And occasionally they speak as the realized Christ, which is not the name Jesus, but that level of manifestation. So, you know, I mean, I've heard these different things at different times, but there's a uniformity to the teachings and a consistency to the teachings and to the voices that come that's very much of a collective, and they do use the we, you know. Rarely will they say I. And um, that seems to be for a fact when one guy steps forth with I. Generally they're they're we and Melchizedek is the name they've used.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that clarification. I, mm-hmm. I, I do agree too. The books I, I call it a tone or a voice mm-hmm. and it it's consistent. It's very, very consistent, the conciseness of it and also um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing that this is just really a, a direct channel. You're just doing, I just have to applaud you and say thank you for doing what you're doing because I know that personally it it can take a toll. Thanks for showing that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I have a question because we were talking a little earlier about the caterpillar becoming the butterfly and the the cocoon phase. You know, we have (laughs) so many things happening in the news. Like this was a rough week for a lot of people and maybe it's been a rough month and a rough couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. But your guides sort of say that humanity is at a time of reckoning. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, and, and what can we do about yeah. it?
2: Well, they say, I mean, they said in the first book, I'm the Word, they say a reckoning is a facing of the self and all of its creations, And they've said that what's been created in fear needs to be recreated in a higher way. And in the Book of Truth, um, which I think was dictated, I I don't remember when, but a few years ago now, because there's two other books that have followed, I think it may have been before the last election, they said, um, you know, what's about to happen is that everything that's been buried in the backyard um, is going to be exhumed. And that includes what was buried five weeks ago and 5,000 years ago. And things are being exhumed so that they can be exposed and brought to the light to be reknown or reclaimed. But they say, you know, if you look at a backyard that's become an archaeological dig, it's going to look like a mess for a while, but there's purpose to it. So I hear that this is opportunity now for us, but it's challenging opportunity, and I think it's challenging at the level of the personal, um, and I think very much so at the level of the collective. We're having to look truthfully at what we've been in agreement to Mm. and how we've been complicit to what we see. I mean, the guides say that we're in vibrational accord to everything that we see, not just the things in our little personal lives, but the collective itself is also in co-resonance with a war, or the politics of the day, or, you know, those people over there, or, you know, all of this stuff is is stuff we're confirming, because our consciousness is confirming it, and our consciousness is actually informing it. Mm. And the opportunity, then, is, choose to in the moment and if we keep doing that i suspect we'll continue to get what we've gotten i mean the guy had said in the first book you know the idea that we build bombs in order to stay safe is ludicrous yeah. to them yeah because a bomb is eventually meant to be used and to go off and they basically said if you think that's not going to happen eventually you're probably fooling yourself it doesn't have to but how we attend to one another, how we treat other people, you know, um, actually has an enormous amount to do, I think, with with our future. So, you know, the reckoning that I understand is a is facing of that which has been created in fear and or is now informed by fear. You know, there's nothing wrong with the idea of a bank or the idea of a government, it's what, be- or a religion, I mean, it's what becomes of these things, mm-hmm. you know, that can be challenging. And they say, you know, the imprint, the fingerprint of everybody who's ever gone into a bank, which is the consciousness that informs the bank, is present every time you walk into any bank. The idea of bank itself as entity, the idea of all of these things, has been framed and heavily laden through what we have thought things were throughout time. And this is a time of great potential, and I understand recreation, but sometimes structures need to fail mm-hmm. in order to be rebuilt, or sometimes the foundation needs to be seen as healthy and what's sprung up around it needs to be attended to. But I do feel that the reckoning is the seeing of it, the facing of it, which isn't always pleasant. The guys speak a lot about releasing. Really mask of the false self and i suspect that's part of what we're doing culturally now at this time
0: as well Mm -hmm. yes um yeah facing what it is that we're in a vibrational alignment with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a startling uh, statement i know for a lot of people and Mm -hmm. like you say i mean if we're all here in a world where Terrible things can happen and war can happen. Mm -hmm. Part of us is in vibrational alignment with that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because we expect it because we've always had it. Yeah. So the guides have said you've lived on a planet for so long that's had war that you expect to have war. Yeah. So you keep perpetuating the known because it's what you've been taught to expect. And you have to lift beyond that to create something new. Yeah. Recreate it at the level that it was initially... Forged I, at which was the belief in separation and fear or greed, you know, whatever the cause of it may be,
0: and I, I fear too. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. Somebody says a, a quote, something like, "Insanity is is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result." Yes, yeah. right? yep. <laughs>
2: yep. it's a big twelve-step thing, and it's a good
0: one. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, so. I- anyway how do we're down to like the last mm-hmm. minute or so Wh- mm-hmm. how do people find you this wasn't long enough <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've to funny. come see you again paul that's it Anytime. um yeah. yeah thank you um where can people find you where can they find the book uh-huh. and my website
2: less... is my name okay paul at paul selig p-a-u-l-s-e-l-i-g.com there's links to the books on the website to all the major booksellers but you can find most of them in Barnes & Noble or, you know, wherever your, your local bookstore is. And certainly you can find them online at Amazon or, you know, barnesandnoble.com. So, you know, the, the books are easily found, and there's a calendar for workshops and events um, and where I speak, and I do a lot of free book signings. There's a, a free live stream coming up a week from yesterday um, that people can attend. But all of that information is on paulsedek.com.
0: Wonderful. Okay, I encourage everybody, go check out paulselleck.com and find out when he's going to be in your area. I just highly recommend everything that he does. Thank you so much. Thank your guides so much. And (laughs) you are free. You are free. You are free. Thank you. Be blessed.